Denzel, Stallone, Eastwood, Dreyfus. That's right, Richard Dreyfus is the star of Crime Story along with Mira Sarvino. He plays an ex-mob boss looking for, of course, revenge. And you can watch it free courtesy of Struggle Session. We have five promo codes to give out so you can watch Crime Story on Redbox On Demand. All you have to do is head to twitter.com slash struggle sesh, retweet our pin tweet, and you're in. Richard Dreyfus didn't know he had it in him, but hey, crime story on demand now. Don't come down with the rats. What? I have a thing with rats. You have a thing with rats? Yes. And you're on a team with me? Not something I asked for. <laughs> you're laughing at me for, man. Why the fuck are you in your underwear? Tighty whities Really? No, that's just racist. No, it's not racist. Oh, come fuck. On. Bloodsport's got a rat phobia. What? <laughs> you didn't tell me you had a fear of rats, Dubois. I'm an assassin! Why would I share my liabilities? Rat! You hear what I'm telling you? In my mind, I created it. The future, I created it, and it's real. Don't you understand? Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I am your host, Leslie the Third. And Thank I'm you Jack so Alice. much. Oh, jeez, that's Jack, normally where I jump in. I said that since we had a real life special guest, real life podcaster on, I yes. was going to do like an intro for oh, each wow. of us. Okay. Before we get in, and then you just jump in with the dirtbag left stuff. I thought you wanted you just to, you just come the, like, in hot. Okay. Like yeah. Jesus Christ, Jack! All right, go ahead and go go be earwolf, be earwolf about it. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. We have a great panel of guests today. Introducing first my co-host, my brother, the host of Jack AM, a man who exemplifies the lifestyle of live fast, die clown. Jack Allison, thank you so hey. much for joining us today. Yeah, that's me, a dead clown. That's me. I have died clown, uh, and here I am. Thanks for having me as the co-host of this show, <laughs> Leslie. Um, I'm very glad to be I here. I appreciate you coming back. And I do want to clarify uh, something before we get started, because we were supposed to do this last week, a uh, weekend right. before last at BuckCon. Oh, I just boy. want to clear the air, because there have been a lot of rumors Flowing around about why exactly this happened. Yeah. Some people suggested that um, Mike Mitchell of the Doughboys, mm -hmm. you know, threw a tantrum when he heard that the struggle session panel was directly uh, against his panel on yeah. uh, <laughs> the future war. That yeah. I mean, you re you read you read stuff like that in the trades. Um, mm -hmm. They heard uh, some people suggested that it was a favor done personally for Walter Hermada. Just in case Mike Mitchell could get any like gigs that right. Dave Batista like passed on at Warner Brothers, you know, something like that. I I, I just want to clear the air. What actually happened, and yeah. is this the fault of uh, Mike Mitchell? Mm -mm. No, Leslie, it's my fault entirely. Uh, as with almost uh, all things that go on, uh, it was my fault uh, completely. Um, I. Got us set up for a podcast, and then I didn't realize there was no way – we didn't have a computer in there to get people in <laughs> remotely to podcast, you know. Um, we were only set up for COVID unsafe podcasting. Uh, and so, uh, 
And was so, it in yeah, the rider? It, was it in Bugs Rider? It, it was. It was. It was in Bugs Rider that every. Although I will say, Leslie, we're now two weeks out from the event, and I think that I am ready to officially declare BugCon a zero COVID event. Uh, Hell yeah! We if 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 anyone out there <laughs> listening went to BugCon and caught COVID, now's your time to let everybody know because we are ready to declare this a zero a zero uh, COVID event. Wonderful, wonderful news. And also join us today, and it's been far, far too long uh, since they've been on the show, our anime correspondent, the host of the Hyenas and Jen podcast, Emma Bowers, thank you so much for coming back to Struggle Session. My pleasure. It's good to be back. Hello. <laughs> What's been up in the world of anime? Um. Wow. Uh, so Big Thing, of course, came out a few months ago um, in the spring season was Odd Taxi, which um, I ended up writing a video essay on. Because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, in terms of anime, um, the new, uh, the final Ava Rebuild movie finally mm -hmm. came out. Um, so I'm trying to get caught up on all the rebuilds. That one was, um, I was going to say, I think the Game of Thrones books have come out faster than the Ava movies <laughs> have. <laughs> so I'm trying to enjoy that now. And um, that's it for me <laughs> currently. Is Shinji still canceled? In the rebuild. I mean, we, we talked about this on the pod where I feel there's a lot of animosity towards Shinji because Shinji represents all our flaws. Right. So I suppose my question is, do we hate Shinji or do we hate ourselves? Right. And um, as the little... Is Shinji canceled or are we all? Yes. Or are, are we all canceled? And as the little child, as a little wise child once said, Boke no dos. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and our very special guest today. He is a writer and podcaster. His new graphic novel, Bubble, is on shelves now. He is the host of Jordan Jesse Go, one of the original kings of podcasting. Wow. Jordan Morris. Thank you so much for coming on Struggle Session. Hi. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for bringing this earwolf level of professionalism yeah i feel safe i feel yeah. like i'm in good hands yeah. um oh, I, I hate to do this though i got covid at bug oh damn it oh, you still we're recording in person here are you still <laughs> suffering from covid right now yeah it's real bad that's a bummer well, well yeah. that's that's too bad for me oh, it's uh, the worst covid <laughs> sorry everybody wow i certainly hope you don't get one of those terrible long covids you Oof. know just well, really no, have a nice short one I went to the doctor and he said it's going to be real long. No! <laughs> no! We're going to get the plug at the top. Tell us about Bubble. Oh, it plug looks at the top. Sick. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So, uh, in 2018, uh, I created a narrative podcast uh, called Bubble. Um, a lot of the extended uh, struggle section, struggle session bugiverse uh, is involved. Mike Mitchell did one of the voices. Uh, Nick Wagner did some of the writing. Uh, Ryan Perez did some of the writing. Uh, uh, folks, I think uh, this this world would know. Uh, yeah, so the the podcast came out in 2018, uh, and now there is a graphic novel out. Uh, it is a uh, sci-fi comedy. I co-wrote it with uh, a writer named Sarah Morgan, who also worked on the podcast. The art's by the great Tony Cliff, who does the Delilah Dirk series. And the uh, colors are by Natalie Reese, who does the Dungeon Critters series. Who's lettering it? 
Uh, I don't know. I think Tony did. <laughs> okay, I think Tony did. I, I didn't think... mean to put you on the spot. No, I know. No, you, you know, listen, you got to shout out the entire creative team, and maybe I've been leaving a letter around. <laughs> Hopefully it's Tony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's if it's not, I apologize to the letterer who did a wonderful job. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a sci-fi comedy. It's kind of set in a near future where everybody lives in these bubble cities, and they have to participate in this kind of life-or-death version of the gig economy to survive and uh yeah and the kind of the main story takes place in the hipster bubble it's kind of like a little silver lake or a brooklyn and uh yeah there's monsters robots score sex jokes uh it's called bubble you can get it wherever you get your books wow very cool and it's got great lettering by <laughs> <laughs> someone who i've I'm sure the lettering is fantastic. The lettering, sure is, the lettering very is very, very nice. legible it's and very easily nice. read. I think Tony did it, but I'm yeah. not sure. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a ton of fun to make. I'm I've been a, a, a comics guy for all my life, basically, and uh, getting to make one was uh, was super fun. And I think people will like it. You don't have to have heard the podcast to get it. It's a self-contained story. Um, yeah, and it's a ton of fun. Very cool. Check it out, everybody. Check it out. And speaking of comic books. Iron Man, Deadpool, Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. The Incredibles, mm-hmm. Captain America Winter Soldier, sure. Tim Burton's Batman, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, Logan, Ant-Man, yeah. X2, uh-huh. X-Men United. Sure. Now, you, you hear that list of movies, and I, I, if you were hazarding a guess what that was a list of, you might think, oh, maybe the highest rated, most well-regarded superhero movies, right? Sure. I thought it was just superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. I was going to say, you left off Sin City, a dame to kill for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you actually go down that list, what that actually is a list of is superhero movies that made less money than the original Suicide Squad by David Ayer. Than the original Suicide Squad by the David Ayer one. Wow. Wow. So what I wanted to talk about today, we are talking about Suicide Squad, folks. No, we're we're talking talking about about the the Suicide Squad. We're talking about the Suicide Squad. (laughs) Yeah, there's no way this is going to get confusing. We're not talking about Suicide Squad. We're talking about the Suicide Squad, a very different film. Well, we're talking about all of them together and why there are two movies called Suicide Squad five years apart because you Mm. would think that the first Suicide Squad would have been some sort of calamity, a disastrous film, if five years later they are rebooting it with a different director, different stars, and basically killing off all the characters in the movie. Yeah. Reality it what is that the original Suicide Squad made $800 million worldwide. Sure. It made a ton, ton of money. It was a huge success. It pro- it possibly could have made even more, it, but it did not release in China. But the problem was that uh, if you do- look back at 2013, Iron Man 3 comes out. Now, Iron Man 3, the third in this franchise, directed by Shane Black. The Shane Black one, yeah. The Shane Black one. And sh- who is Shane Black? Shane Black is the dweeb that's been begging Warner Brothers to make the nice guys for 20 years, right? (laughs) And, you know, he goes over to Marvel, makes Iron Man 3. It makes a billion dollars. And I swear to God, it traumatized everybody in Warner Brothers. And they thought that if Batman versus Superman didn't also make a billion dollars, when Shane fucking Black can make a billion dollars with a a (laughs) goofy-ass character like Iron Man, then they had to read 
direct everything. And that's exactly what happened. And the first Suicide Squad was uh, possibly the first casualty because infamously they recut the movie after it was made in order to make it more like Guardians of the Galaxy a movie that Suicide Squad actually made about the same amount of money as <laughs> and would have surpassed if Suicide Squad went out in China. So first things first, what did you all think about Suicide Squad, the David Ayer one? Yeah, so I saw it in theaters. I think I have uh, maybe kind of like had it on on HBO Max mm-hmm. in the background since then. Um, I think there's a lot of nice things to say about it. I think mm. it's a mess. I mean, probably because of the recutting. Sure. I would be interested to see the air cut yeah. uh, as a as a big fan of the Snyder cut. <laughs> uh, I say that legitimately. I loved yeah. it. I was excited yeah. for it, and I'm glad they did it. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what the air cut is like. I bet it's not as good as the Snyder cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's... It, it's a mess. It's a little hard to watch. The needle drops are weird. Yeah. Obviously something that was added after the fact. Yeah. All those kind of like the slim shady needle drops. <laughs> yeah. Kind of doesn't seem to apply to what's ever going on. Uh, although I guess those needle drops don't have to. It just has to be songs you like, right? <laughs> just have somebody walking in slow motion right. to a song you it's, like. It's because it's to make us feel good about a scene in the same way sure. we feel good about a song. You yeah. know, if a song you like, you probably like that scene if you heard a song you sure. like. Sure. You know? Um, so yeah, I mean, Margot Robbie's great in it. Will Smith is great in it. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's a mess and maybe got too much shit, but it, it, it is not a great movie. I don't think at least the cut that exists is not a great movie. Yeah. I think the big problem, you know, for me with, uh, the original Suicide Squad, um, is that I think the villain sucks and I do think it was originally supposed to be Steppenwolf in the, uh, in the Ayer cut and it was supposed to like lead to Justice League a little bit more. Oh, really? Yeah. It was supposed to be. That would be interesting. You know, the original, the original Snyder, uh, uh, Steppenwolf could be, could could be good to have in there. I, I did like Steppenwolf, uh, uh, more in the Snyder cut. He had a little bit more vulnerability and stuff like that, despite actually looking more cool and badass uh, (laughs) than in the Joss version. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was never I didn't really like Suicide Squad when it came out, um, but I I don't know. It did just feel like kind of a studio problem. Like, I agree with you, Jordan, that it did feel like kind of studio messy and, you know, very reshooty and kind of cheap in its reshootiness, you right. know, yeah. like uh, but, you know, uh, uh this is the first time we got to see uh, Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn, sure. which everybody loves a lot, you know. Uh, uh, and yeah, I do think Will Smith was pretty good in it, and um, and it's a shame that we're not going to see him again uh, playing Deadshot. It seems uh, in any of the DC movies anymore. But everybody on the cast got their squad tattoo, right? Do you guys remember that? <laughs> oh, did everybody, they get a Suicide Squad tattoo? I think it's squad. If wow. I'm remembering this correctly, everybody from that, that the original the got, a, got a S-K-W-A-D Ooh, tattoo. Oh, boy. With a, Maybe like, it, like an insane clown posse'd out squad yeah. tattoo? Oh, yeah. Wow. Not even yeah. a Lil Wayne S-Q-A-D. Not even <laughs> cool. Um... Yeah, but it, it it is it is weird what a punchline it is. What mm-hmm. a punchline it is for a bad movie. I don't think it's as bad as all that. Yeah. But um I think I think I always point to I think I think Captain America Civil War is just like one of the worst of these superhero movies. <laughs> and that all came out around the same time. Like I do remember Suicide Squad coming out and everybody hating on it so much. Sure. And then Civil War coming out and everybody loving on Civil War when I thought Civil War is just fucking horrible. This Baron von Zemo plot about <laughs> trying to find 
find video of Iron Man being bad when he was trying to cancel Iron Man, really. It's out of control. What I would say, though, Jack, is especially around that time in 2016, like it was just sort of, I mean, obviously y'all were ahead of your time. Um, <laughs> time proved you right. Um, but at that time, I think was the like the peak of like Marvel movies can do no wrong. This is the right. pinnacle and right. anything DC puts out is just like a sad wet fart. Um, <laughs> so I feel like. A lot of the Marvel movies now, like I said, and then something people bring up, it's like, are you rewatching Marvel movies? You know? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. Like, I've seen, like, I don't know. I haven't seen a Marvel movie in ages, but it's like the ones I saw, there's maybe like three. I was like, yeah, I'd rewatch it, you know? Ever again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I feel like, I mean, like you were saying, probably if you like, you know, actually, like, sat down and broke down, you know, the, the problems with, you know, like, Suicide Squad, which is, you know, just the editing's a mess. The tone is very confused because David yeah. Ayer wanted a darker thing. And they were like, no, it should be like this fun trailer everyone liked, you know. Um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I mean – probably a lot of the Marvel films, you know, like at the time that people are like, oh, probably have the exact same problem. But like I said, we were just in like a mind back then that, you know, Marvel yeah. movies rule, DC movies drool. <laughs> yeah. And it's so bizarre that it was Warner Brothers who believed it more than anyone else. True. This movie made them a ton of money. It brought Will Smith into the DCEU fold. And for some reason, they thought that was not good enough, even though if they would have made as much money as Guardians of the Galaxy if they right. had just released it in China. It's a it's baffling. All, all of the decisions around this is baffling. And I'm even more baffled by the fact that this movie is considered such a huge, massive failure and flop that not only did they but they not only did a sequel soft reboot to it, they also did a spinoff. Harley Quinn, right? That they the whole also Harley Quinn everything comes from well, the, I mean, if, this first one, and the you know the movie made you know eight hundred million dollars in theaters. It made double that in Harley Quinn Halloween costumes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just that alone, yeah. It says I, I, you know, I think it's a thing where it's like it probably just like Twitter hated it, you know, yes, exactly, the, yes. yeah, yeah. And then I think if you talk to like dirtbag 19 year olds who went to see it in theaters they would be like that fucking ruled that was cool yeah, yeah. people who <laughs> like deadpool like yes. suicide squad that's sure. just facts people who like will smith black people people who go to the movies to see black people like will smith and this is the most infuriating little tidbit i discovered while researching this show okay so we know uh suicide squad for reasons that no one can explain is considered a flop by Warner Brothers. They slowly move David Ayer off of Suicide Squad 2 and bring in James Gunn after he gets fired uh, by Marvel because some right-wingers want him uh, fired for his... I, I, what was it? It was the jokes about pedophilia and It was like the, a lot of dead... It was like dead the, baby Yeah, tweets, basically honestly, dead like baby that tweets. That kind of stupid yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, but people are coming back to the two catch a predator party that he had <laughs> yes, uh, because yes. there was... A, it is true. So here's the thing. James Gunn and all the pedophilia stuff, it's like, okay, Mike Cernovich posting all his old bad tweets, you know, uh, like... People posted people were making dumbass fucking dead baby jokes and stuff like that. And I did think like, you know, everyone's like being too hard on James sure. Gunn. 
But now that the guy, Jimmy Urine from Mindless Self-Indulgence is like going away for actually being a pedophile. And then in like the court documents, no, they're not like, Jimmy Urine. They're like, he had, no. uh, he, he like went to pedophile parties at James Gunn's house, they say in the court document. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm not trying to Mike Cernovich this guy or something, but that stuff is a little bit weird to me. It's a little weird. That's all. A little bit weird. And it, it, that's why this next tidbit um, drives me insane because what actually happened with Suicide Squad and why it changed so much uh, from one to the next is they bring in James Gunn after, you know, he gets fired by Disney. They're desperate to have him on because he they wanted, you know, Suicide Squad to be like Guardians of the Galaxy. And so they thought, oh, this is perfect. We can get James Gunn on on to make Suicide Squad exactly our Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, even though our, the movie's made about the same amount. And uh, because Disney decided to rehire James Gunn after like a timeout period or whatever, he yeah. had to make Suicide Squad faster than it would have allowed Will Smith to be in the sequel. So when presented with the choice between delaying the film and keeping <laughs> Will Smith or going ahead and making sure to hold on to James Gunn for a $180 million superhero movie... Warner Brothers chose James Gunn over Will Smith. It was a sequel to a Will Smith movie. <laughs> and they chose James Gunn instead of Will Smith. Say what you want about Independence Day Requiem or Men in Black 4. At least they didn't have the option of having Will Smith <laughs> and decide not to pick him up. Yeah, you shouldn't turn down Will Smith. That's just my advice to any aspiring filmmakers. You know, usually don't turn down Will Smith. Yeah, it seems like they could have. I mean, I didn't. This is I didn't know any of the scheduling stuff, but it seems like right. You can have James Gunn write it if you want that tone, right? And then and I, and anyway. then by the way, in the end, in the movie, it ends up just being Idris Elba playing also a guy who's really good at shooting very well, sure. who like has a daughter that they're using as leverage against him. Like he plays basically. The same exact no, character. No, like you can <laughs> hear, you can hear the little click, click as they're doing search replace, to replace <laughs> dead shot of blood. Right. It's honestly worse than that because they did recast Idris Elba as Deadshot. They recast almost immediately, only after the fact, after phone, after negotiation with Will, that they decide to okay, we're not going to call this character Deadshot in case we can get Will back. Just think of the right. disrespect. Uh, to yeah, it. they were like, oh yeah, Bloodsport. You know Bloodsport. Bloodsport. You know, has trouble, you know, like being being a leader. I'm like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> and I mean, telling to that be fair, though, did we know Deadshot I, going into it? I knew Deadshot. I, listen, I am an absolute DC sure. Comics nerd. And so I did know Deadshot and I've never heard of Bloodsport. <laughs> I think they might have made that character up well, just, here, here, uh, just to replace Deadshot. Here's something yeah. really funny, Jack. I do know Bloodsport. I remember Bloodsport, but I, I I couldn't square him with Idris Elba. And I realized it was because during my age, during the 90s, Bloodsport was actually a superpowered Klansman. He was a white supremacist oh, during the oh, 90s. Oh my so the original well. was a black guy, but then the next one was like a Klansman. So that Superman wow. could fight a Klansman okay. like 
you know, he did in the old serials. It was not a problematic thing. He was a villain, I mean, just a to villain. be clear. You know, sure, he's bad. Bad. <laughs> you know, he wasn't an anti-hero. <laughs> but if you go back and you were just, you know, say, ordering some Bloodsport comics, you might be a little bit sure. confused. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, do you have this month's Bloodsport? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so should we talk about the, Let's the Suicide the, Squad, the new one, the, the Suicide Squad? Let's get into it. The remake gets rid of Will Smith, keeps Margot Robbie, has an R rated, is a little bit more extreme, more bloody, more violent. I'm told by many people better. I'm not sure about that. So panelists, what did you all think about the Suicide Squad? Um, so here's my thing. Like, I feel like if I was to really break it down, hold it under scrutiny and stuff, you know, um, it, it's not infallible. It has flaws. I had fun watching it though. I can't say that about like a Marvel movie I've seen in a while. Um, me and my partner saw it in theaters and, um, you know, I understand like, obviously like this is like, you know, kind of COVID times, not a lot of people in theaters, but it was just awkward because we were like, you know, it's, it's, it's James Gunn. It's the the trauma stuff it's just people dying very violent ridiculous like deaths and we're laughing and the rest of the theater is dead silent <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but, show some respect uh, for captain boomerang <laughs> <laughs> captain boomerang just died oh. <laughs> that is like one of the weird things about wanting to bring in james gunn to do 180 million dollar movie uh people actually don't want to see not that many people want to see james gunn stuff they like the talking raccoons and stuff but they don't necessarily <laughs> need to that's see like the true. castrations and disembowelments even yeah. though emma obviously that's what you came for yeah i don't know it's just like yeah it'll be like a hyper stylized violent antic and so like i said there's there's things which we'll, we'll probably get into further that kind of you know are, are you know are warranted of criticism and scrutiny but i i had fun i enjoyed it i was entertained by by the movie and the cinema <laughs> 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 I, I I agree in some ways that I don't mind the kind of trauma ness of it. Although I do agree with you, Leslie, that it's it's like funny. It's like Warner really did hand James Gunn the keys, and the, and for better or worse, they were like, "Do whatever you want." You know what I mean? Like I watched this movie, and it definitely does feel. For better or worse, like a James Gunn movie. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, it's an expensive blockbuster James Gunn movie. And I think I just don't like James Gunn movies that much. <laughs> There's a there is a kind of and listen, I'm all for unlikable characters and everything like that. But man, if all the characters don't just sound exactly the same in this, uh, I'm so tired of sort of like bicker comedy. Um, I thought and, this and, was a 10 out of 10 on the Whedon scale, maybe 11. I actually thought this <laughs> was the worst Whedon that I've seen. I, I was actually su <laughs> I, surprised. I, you know, and, and while I do find some of the action kind of fun and I did like watching you know, like hyper violence and stuff like that. I, I guess I just was. I mean, it is funny. It's also like, you know, I guess we're talking right, right now about what we think about the movie. I guess I was just going to say it like did really badly. And so it's like it is this weird thing where Warner was like, wow, what people really liked with Guardians of the Galaxy was the twisted sense of James Gunn. And what people maybe actually liked, and I think I'm cribbing this from something you said recently, is just like the secret sauce of these movies is having like a an attractive guy who's kind of funny in the lead role. <laughs> yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. That's a maybe silly, this, a silly handsome a guy. A silly handsome <laughs> yes. guy uh, in the lead role is such an under 
Are you saying that Dead Eye Joel Kinnaman is not that guy for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other weird thing with this movie. That's the other weird thing with this movie because it is a reboot. But then I'm like, but you still are having to use Joel Kinnaman for the entire movie. Sure. Like, how are you still? How are you saddled with Joel Kinnaman? I don't know. <laughs> Joel, Joel Kinnaman just looks like he just came like like hot off the Swedish clone, you know, baking <laughs> sheet. Like, ooh, fresh from the oven. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of those. He's one of those actors who who I'm like. I wonder who you tried and failed to get. <laughs> he's like, he's too, like, right. he's maybe, uh, gosh, who's the lead of Avatar? Uh, like, uh, Jake Worthington. Right? Yeah, yeah, so maybe, yeah. like, somebody said no, then Worthington said no. Said no, and wow. Then... And then you're like, who did the killing? <laughs> like, yeah. Who was that guy on the killing? Um, yeah. Yeah, a Kinnaman, I, I don't know how you get saddled with a Kinnaman, and I did find the, like, kind of tone of the movie very irritating. You know, I have some of my comic book guy issues with it, too, but that stuff barely even matters. My overall feeling about Suicide Squad and the Mar, and, and even, you know, the new Marvels and Black Widow and everything is that I actually think that the whole superhero movie trend is coming to an end. That's kind of what I think. But that's aside from the quality and my thoughts on uh, The Suicide Squad. Yeah, I really did not like this movie. I, I It was so dull to me. It just seemed so lifeless. Even the action stuff, uh, in particular, the scene that's like a tribute to Predator, right? Like the scene where all of the villains are sneaking up on this village and they're killing all the bad guys and they're like hunting them, right? And it superficially looks like the opening scene of Predator where the squad goes into that village and it's a riveting action scene where you see the guys plan and talk and yada, yada, yada. In this one, they just like crack dick jokes beforehand and then the bad guys, who the, the guys they're fighting, don't actually like do anything except stand there and get killed. And so it made me realize uh, realize like James Gunn hasn't even like watched some of these action movies he's just played <laughs> Far Cry that like apes <laughs> these action movies sure. and the when where the villains just stand there and wait for you to be killed because that like there's scenes like that in Guardians of the Galaxy as well where he uses the the little rod to fly around and kill all, all the bad guys people just standing there and being killed by a super cool ass dude is might be an action scene technically, but it's not a fight scene, and it's nothing like I, for me to get excited about. And I wanted to see like cool fight scenes, like in Suicide Squad. I got to see Batman Joker fight. Okay, I got to see Batman Deadshot fight. I got to see a couple of fights. This one, I feel like I didn't really see any fights that really mattered, especially with the plot that I would pay someone to try and actually like explain to me and lay out in a sensible manner but i digress i i own the whole i did not like the suicide squad at all i think it was a big downgrade from the original leslie i agree with you with the action scene because um and we we talked about this we did we talked about bird of, birds of prey we both really enjoyed and those fight scenes are fun like they're kind of close quarters they're well choreographed you know and I definitely noticed that because, and I feel like they were like, oh, you know, you know, people like uh, a fun Harley Quinn action scene. Let's give her one. And I remember I was like, I felt so underwhelmed. I was like, I've seen what you can do in terms of a stylized, you know, Harley Quinn fight. And I remember being like, you know, like, oh, you know, <laughs> I feel like yeah. I was spoiled from uh, from watching Birds of Prey. Yeah, so first big problem I have with this movie is that 
the motherfucking weasel appears more in the first like 10 minutes than Harley Quinn, who of course at this point is the main character of the franchise. Yeah. But you don't start the movie with her. She has just a little quick one liner and then she kind of disappears for like the first <laughs> I'm actually yeah, looking Quinn's like the first like, 20 I have the shit, minutes and then she actually. disappears. <laughs> I'll she, be off shitting somewhere. <laughs> she actually doesn't come back till like 30 minutes into the movie. Oh my god. Like yeah. what like I don't understand what the point is, especially since they kill so many of those characters. I I don't know. Did you go in like being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they killed off the weasel so f- quickly this is really sucking me into the movie but it seems so almost like just a performance of like the twisted mind thing oh wouldn't it be fucked up if you killed all the characters that you just introduced that you told everyone before they came to the movie that you were going to kill all the characters off right like i yeah i think i think that 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 gag um you know, I, I think while while kind of funny, I'll say I'm kind of in Emma's camp where I'm like, I enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought some, you know, and I did think some of the comedy was good. I think, you know, your enjoyment of this largely rests on do you think James Gunn is funny? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you do not, uh, nothing for you here. Um, but yeah, I I, I I I do think that they're like, oh, my God, can you believe these characters? It's like, well, yeah, I think yeah. we all kind of knew that was going <laughs> to yes, happen. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I also was like, I guess my question going in was like, how are you going to get Pete Davidson to act for more than five lines of dialogue? And the solution was they did. Right. <laughs> he had fewer than five lines of dialogue. And those five lines, pretty bad. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> yeah. Who farted? <laughs> so I was saying like the death scene. So like the weasel scene, that's the that's the scene where the theater was dead silent. And you no, know, me and my partner was laughing because, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it's very... It's it's predictable humor, if that makes sense. Like sure. it's not like completely blindsided, but you still laugh anyway. It's this weird little grotesque creature drowning, and we're just <laughs> laughing so hard, and the theater's just like dead silent. Like no, not weasel. <laughs> um, that being said, my partner was heartbroken about Captain Boomerang. Uh, we were talking. You're talking about like it was a bummer. You were talking about um, you know, who good a good cast in Suicide Squad, and uh, Jai Courtney's very charismatic. He's very you know. He's He's a fun dude. I wish he was in more stuff. You know, he's a uh, Captain Boomerang is a fun is a fun part in Suicide Squad. And uh, yeah, it was we were <laughs> my poor partner was like they massacred my boy, not <laughs> Captain Boomerang. <laughs> I mean, because that people did say like he was their favorite part of the first one, and they killed him in the opening moments of this one and then just a lot of characters just don't show up at all we don't see killer croc we don't we don't see um katana we don't know we there's like deliberately no connective tissue but you still see some of the character same characters show up and what i really thought was a flaw with this one is that the first one does explain to you that these are super villains, right? They're not just uh-huh. people with powers. They're not just the X-Men, okay? They're just guys in jail either. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> these are super villains. You see them fight superheroes. You see them fight Batman. You see them fight right. the Flash, okay? Two of the biggest superheroes. Again, this this new one's lacking a lot of star power because, first of all, these are small-time villains, and you don't even know like that all of them are villains. Like, How is the polka dot man? 
like a villain like why is like what john right. cena's yeah. guy like might be how fun is... to have gotten a scene where right. you see how everybody got thrown in jail yeah like it is weird actually the polka dot guy as you mentioned leslie like it does just feel like a shy superhero like we, right. didn't, we don't really see him be a villain i mean literally the arc with Ratcatcher is like she's trying to teach people how to be friends how is she a super villain who needs to be in prison? <laughs> also, rat she catcher, says this though, a... like, and it made me kind of laugh, which is like, she's just a victim of the carceral system. She tried to rob a bank with the rats, and it qualified as like, um, a, like robbery of a deadly weapon. <laughs> Oh, geez, I, I well, might I mean, have actually not been have already checked out at that point. My, I'm my, very my sorry rat- to James Gunn. You did explain <laughs> that one. My problem for Ratcatcher is the basic, you know, one punch man problem, which is that her power seems to be that like rats can actually do anything for her. You know, I don't really like I don't, rats I don't can do things a rat would not normally I, like, do. I don't want to like make, you know, like the all they do in the third act has no meaning because sure. Ratcatcher just has a bunch of rats come and like eat starro you yeah. know what i mean like all the fighting doesn't amount to anything all that needed to happen was for rat catcher to use her power you know what right. i mean which is this sort of like you know uh, rats sure. can do any any visual effect that we can come up with you know yeah. <laughs> like voltron it's like yeah, yeah. eventually like voltron rats. pulls out the sword that, yeah. i mean that's even yeah. funnier leslie the idea of being green lantern with rats <laughs> no, no no you're saying that now i'm really pissed she didn't make all the rats turn into one giant rat <laughs> And fight the starfish monster. <laughs> would have been good. Would have been good. Big giant rat, you know, <laughs> or a giant cat. That would have been yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the in the Green Lantern, you know, tradition, maybe a big boxing glove, sure. <laughs> an, an anvil. <laughs> uh, I did think when I do, I did really like all the stuff in the like Starro Lab when there was like all the like corpses with the Starros on them. Hey, listen, that, that stuff, stuff was Starro. actually kind of okay. That yeah. stuff was okay. Starro's good. I'm, I'm a sucker for Starro. I am not going to belabor it too much. It was nice to see Starro on screen. Yeah. And I did like I actually liked the way they portrayed the Starro little mini stars going on everyone's faces. I, again, don't want to belabor it, but I didn't like seeing Starro walk around like a kaiju, and I didn't need <laughs> the James Gunn touch of him, like, walking around like a baby or something like that. Like, I do whatever. That's my comic nerd guy stuff. Sure. I'm just like, I prefer Starro being, like, flying in the sky and being scarier than looking like blown up Tommy Pickles or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And he also so his thing was that he did not he just wanted to be left alone anyway like like he didn't seem like a real threat like when they were explaining it earlier in the films like oh shit if Starro gets out like the planet is going to be over but then when he actually starts to escape he's just like this is my town I'm like wait that's your only ambition like you just want the town dude I, I, yeah. it, 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 I didn't really understand uh, the portrayal of Starro at that point. I thought they were going to do some. Maybe they were going to cut a deal with Starro. Like, all right, you get to <laughs> well, hold this island or something like that. I feel like it was also maybe just a little bit of like trying to be like the government is actually messed up. Yeah, like you think Starro's the bad guy, yeah. but actually the government is who kidnapped him. And I'm like, we know the government is bad in this because all of our main characters have bombs in their brains. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the government put there. Like we know that from minute sure. one oh. that the government is not nice or right. whatever. An underappreciated comedy performance is Amanda Waller being 
like stone faced while everybody else is being dumb. I did. I did think all those were like kind of good comedy moments. Yeah. I, I wasn't a huge DC person. When I was reading comics, but like everything I see about Waller in terms of both Suicide Squad and um, those spinoff like DC Suicide Squad s like she's such a good character. Waller's great. She's such yeah. a good yeah. character. Um, she's also and also like in terms of like just. Like, good casting, too. You know what I mean? Like, and you can say what you want in terms of, like, you know, like, like casting choices and stuff. But, like, honestly, just in terms of, like, um, like, Viola Davis is so good. <laughs> like, she's like, fun yeah. in it. Yeah, she's very good yeah. as a very cold, sort of unemotional Waller. I think I, Waller is, uh, is one of the great elements in both, actually. Yeah. He's a yeah. continuity. Yeah, but the, here's the thing I had a problem with. She doesn't leave the room the whole movie in this one. And for <laughs> right. reasons un- that cannot yeah, was be... She, there for, she was there for a week, yeah, right? She's yeah. there with Steve Agee sort of improvising around for a week. <laughs> yeah, and, and so that's my problem with... And another thing is, in the last movie, you saw her shoot all her staff in the head just in case some information got out. And in this one, she has hired the fucking Geek Squad. To be yeah. in her inner circle. That just does not seem realistic to me that the same character who like surrounds herself with stone cold killers has a bunch of like white dweebs who beat her up around. And then there's no consequence for that. It just seemed like it, it's trying to, it, ta- it has the same character, but she just doesn't act in any way like the character from the first movie. I think it, this, it, it felt to me at a certain point when I was watching it, I'm like, I think I'll enjoy this more if I think of it like a sketch movie. This <laughs> yeah. Monty Python and the Holy I, I, Grail, where it's like not really important what yeah. they're doing, but it's sure. kind of just like some fun ideas for scenes. Sure. And, and, you know, obviously your mileage varies based on if you think James it Will was is funny. funny. Um, look, I actually so. agree with you, but in the sort of uh, negative way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I also felt a movie? like that these were kind of disconnected <laughs> yeah. sketches, especially, you know, Harley's plot in oh, this geez, movie yes. is that like Harley gets kidnapped and then she is going to be forced to marry the like president or whatever of right. this country. And then she just kills him. <laughs> like all the whole Harley plot is so bizarre and actually pretty unnecessary. Superfluous like whole, entirely. You know, there's like a whole long like monologue. And, and through that whole sequence, especially with like Harley monologuing, I was like, Man, this man really thinks he's Quentin Tarantino. He actually yeah, thinks, yeah. I think, yeah. I think he thinks that he's even better than Quentin Tarantino because right. he's like, I'm able to do this stuff and get it to the masses. Yeah. You know, my Quentin. needle drops are way better than his. <laughs> <needle drops. laughs> I just found like some of the stuff in there. I'm like, man, if you didn't think so highly of yourself, like a lot of this deserves to get cut. You sure. know? Can, can we talk about the birds? Sure. Yeah. No, it was just something I noticed. I was like, "What the fuck? What what does James Gunn have against birds? Did someone tell him to keep his cat inside? Like, I have not uh, seen yeah. that much animosity towards birds." <laughs> so I had to bring that up. That's my big thought. I'm like, someone told James Gunn to keep his cat inside. He's like, "Fuck you! You're worried about birds? Kill birds! <laughs> I'll make a whole movie about, about dead birds dying." <laughs> All right. So I do want to talk about one thing that people have been praising that has been baffling me. And that's the alleged politics uh, of this movie, right? What? People are saying <laughs> that this is an anti-imperialist movie, that it shows oh, okay. the uh, 
the folly of uh, American invasion. But the mm-hmm. thing that really stood out to me, and this is maybe the part where I checked out the movie, is that, okay, so the plot is that there's been an overthrow of a pro-American puppet regime in this foreign country, yeah. Corto Maltese, roughly meant to be Cuba, at least in The Dark Knight Returns, where it was originally uh, introduced. Okay, they're roughly Cuba. They've overthrown their American puppet government. And what ha- they've been replaced with is some sort of political, like, like right-wing fascist and also a right-wing military dictator who had, for some reason, were not already working for the pro-American government. D- doesn't make sense to me. And also, as soon as both these people, these, you know, these stereotypical, um, these stereotypes of anti, you know, South American stereotypes get this weapon, this Starro weapon. Their first thought is not, oh my God, they kept this dangerous weapon in our country. It could get out and could have killed us all. Their first thought is, ha ha ha, we need to go and send this over to the Americans and destroy their infernal cu- culture. Very old school Cold War esque weirdness and i don't know how you see that and be like oh this is like anti-imperialist when the plan of like this foreign government that has toppled this american regime is to like basically unleash a weapon to destroy the world yeah it it was it's a very like it's a very like teenagers idea of what a revolutionary message is it's like this movie is saying the government is bad well that's the thing it's like again i i feel like yeah what people are saying is good politics here is james gunn being like the government's messed up man like (laughs) the u.s government it's not all fucking you know roses like they pretend it is dude in fact they've done some pretty messed up stuff picket fences (laughs) there's actually wheeling and in some ways both sides are pretty messed up And the thing is, like, the first Suicide Squad, as you said, Jack, is about them threatening to murder people, getting slave labor at threat of death from all these supervillains. The Suicide Squad is really like um, the firefighters that are uh, the prisoners that are forced to fight fires here in California. Oh, yeah, for, like, two cents. That's kind of like the real world Suicide Squad. I think for me, like, um, I, I agree. It's a very kind of a, a very sophomoric idea of like commentary, but people love to do that shit. I remember, um, Thor Ragnarok, which I did like enjoy. Same thing. I'm not like, you know, I'm like, oh, this was an enjoyable movie. People are like, oh my God, this is like such a heavy commentary on like imperialism and colonization. Yeah. I'm like, I, I guess. Um, I think people are just hungry for anything that has any meaning at all. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, they're really looking where it, where you will not find it. Well, well speaking and of, of, what did you all think about that Taika cameo? I mean, the, at the, oh, at, the fucking that's like the heroin addicted father. Good lord, Taika yeah. Waititi in Ratcatcher's you know uh, uh, memory plays her father, right, who's like right, the heroin right, addict right. or whatever. The climax you know, of the movie is a shot of Taika Waititi. That's that's it. That's what wins the movie for them. <laughs> she remembers that Taika Waititi exists and is able to send all the rats at the giant kaiju uh i i've I've no comment on the Mm. on the on the absolutely 
divine riffing of Taika Waititi. <laughs> I'm so indifferent to it. I'm like, yeah, that's Taika Waititi. He's a director. He's in a cameo. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why, like... That man who we... There's no shortage of him. <laughs> this guy we see all the time right? in many shows and movies. Yeah. Also, cool. like, I feel like stuff, like, for that... I mean, maybe, maybe I'm being a little too cynical here, but I feel like... Shit like kind of quote unquote surprise cameos is such a, a, a relic of the time where people went to movie theaters and you were supposed sure. to like go to a movie Applaud. theater at midnight and it's oh my gosh, take my idea. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. like yo, they're, they're also like, a relic of when we had like um, uh, creative people that anyone recognizes, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know. It, 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 yeah, exactly. It's like, right, for the people who saw the first one because it was a Will Smith movie. Yes. Like, I know him. Oh, yeah. shit, that's the free guy guy. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it is, and it's tough. And I, am I think, I think, I think you, you, you bring up an interesting idea of like why it's a little bit hard to watch movies these days. It's like, am I, it's so hard to watch the movie and not think about, the dopes who either pile on it unnecessarily sure. or overpraise it. You sure. know, it's like what? Yeah, you. I feel like you, I either want to when someone dunks on something unnecessarily, I want to find a way it's good. And yeah. then when the fucking dopes say that this it's had perfect. a deep political yes. message, yes. you want to find ways. <laughs> well, to fuck off! Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> The big anyway. problem is everybody's talking too fucking much. That's the real yeah, problem. Is everybody talks yeah. too much. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up and leave talking about movies to the professionals like us. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it is. It is. I, I agree. It is like this this movie that is like, I think, you know, you could probably say is a like, you know, fun and sometimes funny collection of cool scenes when it does get elevated by people. It's this like. Yes. Yeah, as this like meaningful political thing. There yes. is I understand the uh instinct to say like shut the fuck up. I really? mean also <laughs> this is it is also, you know, I feel like there's an instinct with all these superhero movies to make them bigger than they are for some reason. Right. And that's sure. just because we are all, I don't know, where we want to be babies again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why can't we just like acknowledge what it actually is? Is that we'd all like to be how it was the last time we were happy when we were children. Yeah. And so we don't want to ever enjoy anything that's not from that time. You know what <laughs> sure. I mean? Like this whole like Twitter and sort of modern movie reviewing thing to be like, I, you know, not, it's not okay to just like trash. You have to be like, actually, the trash is like quite sublime. Well, sure. you know what the, I mean? the joke's like, on them because I was never happy as a child. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my secret. I was never happy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that does get me back to, you know, I'm going to make this claim and I'll uh, obviously have to, you know, everyone's going to play this clip to me when all these, when, when the Eternals is one of the biggest uh, uh, blockbusters of all time but i am starting to believe that the whole superhero movie thing is coming to an end uh i think we've had black widow and some of this has to do with covid and movie theaters themselves are coming sure. to an end um but we've had black widow and and the suicide squad kind of in back-to-back -back, uh, embarrassingly low box office releases where they like don't hit even sort of the low the lowered covid expectation right. for the movie to hit yeah um, uh, the suicide squad uh will not make as much money as suicide squad made on its first day of release yeah, that it will it not will yeah. not. And yeah. it's not just is not is not just covid. This movie was a f 
even accounting for all that, this movie did not do well. And right. what's so fascinating about me is like you could anybody could have seen this coming. You cannot. Why would you make a hundred and eighty million dollar sequel to a Will Smith movie without Will Smith? And why is that the third time this has happened in Hollywood, other than just <laughs> racism? Can you Will explain Smith is picky. it? Because now it's actually also because Will Smith is picky about which projects he does, and he doesn't just like say yes to every single thing. Like Will Smith will give you a no. They'll be like, we're making another Suicide Squad. And he's like, that's going to be a pass for me, you know, <laughs> which, is, which I respect. Actually, I do respect. I just wish the studios had enough respect to be like, then we won't make it, sir. Yes. Spend $180 million on something. <laughs> if you change else, your perhaps. mind, please let us know. <laughs> we're, we, stand, we, stand, we stand waiting, uh, Mr. Smith. Um, but I, I kind of do believe. I, you think know. You're, I think you're right, Jack. I think that there is a like there is a like nerd media Twitter contingent that still like gets really, really excited for these movies. Yeah. But I think like. You know, the dirtbag 19 year old yeah. who, you know, just goes to see a movie on the weekend because yeah. that's what you do on the weekend. Like, I don't I, I think that that contingent is less excited for these things because it's like it does. It just feels like, you know, it's like. No, another one. Didn't they already do Endgame? Yeah, and now well, that's doing, the other thing. Know, that so. is the other thing is I think we're really disregarding, you know, what I think. I think people saw Endgame as what it actually was. Sure. The end. Like, we do movies, like, film series, and then they come to an end, and I feel like a lot of people have been like, that is enough for me. <laughs> and then also... We've been in COVID for like two years at this sure. point. And, you know, I don't know. There's something the way that the superheroes movies are feel very like Obama era to me. They're very much like, you know, just stay sit tight and competent professionals will take care of the world ending threats that are, you know, uh, uh, that are facing you. You as a citizen don't have to worry so much. Sure. And I don't know. It just is not striking so real after COVID anymore. And I'm not saying that I think high action cartoony special effects movies are going away i just think we're gonna see more stuff like fast and furious and free guy right. where they're not wearing <laughs> leotards while they do it and they're dressed like normal people for and the most part jack call me crazy but i think the hero we need right now Ted Lasso. <laughs> Jack, if I may, it all I a little feel like Walt Whitman said. He's my And much like pandemics, um, from a scientific and his no, no. I mean, it feels like it won't go mm. away. <laughs> oh no! Sure. Mm. Oh no! It's never going to go away. <laughs> There'll be a new variant of superheroes, yeah. the Eternals variant. <laughs> now, let me let me say this. When I'm saying that I think superhero movies are coming to an end, that doesn't mean that I think they're going to stop producing these movies. All these companies own giant libraries of a bunch of existing characters, and they're never going to stop churning out shit using these characters. But what I think is going to happen, especially with the Disney Marvel movies, is it's going to be a web series phenomenon. Like, yeah. I know we're pretending that Disney Plus real movies go on Disney Plus or whatever, but I suspect that in the near term future, um, Marvel movies will get released exclusively to Disney Plus just the same way the TV shows do. And the difference between what is a TV show and what is a movie, especially with Marvel, will get flattened out even more. And you're basically just going to have to pay like an, you know, $8 a month or whatever the fuck it costs for Disney Plus. And they're, I think that. 
the Marvel movies and the superhero stuff from the and, Disney and perspective, I, they're going to start treating it like how they do all their other fan bases, which is as a bunch of obsessive freaks who they're going to build as much money as possible from. I think they're going to be like, you know, maybe there's fewer Marvel I, fans, but the ones that are left I, I spend hundreds of dollars though, because on Funko going Pops. Back to history of so pandemic, we're going to fucking build um, you know, as much as we can. Maybe viruses never go so away. They just <laughs> evolve into something there. else. Exactly. And much... Yeah, exactly. And much like the Spanish flu is so exactly, exactly. It's what happened in the Spanish flu. It's what's become gonna happen smaller. in the superhero yeah. franchise. It's become web You're series. Absolutely correct. <laughs> yeah. The flu's a web series now. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. The Spanish flu and Loki. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, Loki and stuff like this, like people liking, you know, the Loki TV show mm-hmm. and then panning Black Widow. I'm like, I and I don't, I can't even believe that they got all these actors at Disney to agree to do the TV show versions. I think that's a little bit wild. But the fact that they even got them to agree to do it makes me feel like Disney is going to start flattening this out. They already don't want to spend a ton of money on any of these Marvels and they kind of look like TV even to begin with. Well, we have talked about Suicide Squad for about an hour. Thank you so much for joining us today. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. Well, give me some comic book picks. Oh, yeah, comic book picks. I can do that. Yeah, um, yeah so there are, there's, I read a great kind of one and done graphic novel called Fangs by Sarah Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, uh, it, you know, like the Suicide Squad movie, it's a little sketchy. Uh, <laughs> it's about a werewolf and a vampire who meet in a bar and fall in love. And it's kind of like the story <laughs> of their relationship. Joke setup. Sounds like a setup for a joke. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's my dad. Uh, my dad telling me a joke at Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, really funny. Um, let's see. What else have I read that I like? Oh, there's a, you know, there's a really fun DC series called Superman Red and Blue out hmm. now. Uh, it's very cool. It has this very, it's just the color palette is red and blue. It's these people doing these kind of one-off Superman stories. Some of them are really good. Some of them are a little bit forgettable, but they all look fucking great. That's fun. Kind of like the Batman black and white comics. Yeah. From a while ago. Okay, yeah. Cool. That's, that's, uh, that's the idea behind those. That's cool. Oh, I and... thought it was about a revival of Superman red and Superman blue when Superman split <laughs> in half no, electrical yeah. powers. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no electrical powers uh, in this, but I do think that they need to bring back electrical <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Uh, although Superboy does still have a leather jacket. Good. Weirdly. Good. In, he uh, should. In DC, he should. We're talking about he that should. era. Um, yeah, I think those are those are my picks right now. Sweet. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening to Struggle Session. Have a good one. Peace. Later. Later.